Thank you for joining me for this week's episode. You're listening to the Sandoval Bench Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Sandoval. Um, yeah, I want to apologize first for my uh, long-term hiatus. I think it was a month or so since my last episode. So to the few followers and listeners that I had, I'm sure you dropped off you know, and thought I died or something. Um, but yeah, I had, had some big life changes. Had to relocate, uh, moved south. Um, no longer employed or anything, so I don't have a lot going for me right now, but um, I have a lot of extra time, I guess, so um, extra time I can work on the, the podcast, so uh, yeah, let's get into it. Uh, for this week, I wanted to get into the NBA. We'll check in with the NFL uh, this past week games and then make some picks for next week, and then also college football. Uh, the bowl games are set. The playoff is set. There's a lot of uh, coaching changes, uh, so we'll get into that as well. And then I think that was it for this episode. We'll keep it simple. Uh, first, I wanted to talk about the NBA. It's still early, you know, in, in the Western Conference and the NBA as a whole. The two best teams so far have been Golden State and Phoenix, uh, both 20-4. and four. They've played each other twice already. Uh, and they split those. Uh, it was a home and home. Um, and then they play again on Christmas in Phoenix. Um, Phoenix, I'm, I'm surprised. Uh, you know, I thought they'd be good this year. I didn't think they'd be better than they were last year. You know, that, that team that went to the finals, they're a lot better now. I uh, wasn't sure if uh, Chris Paul was going to be able to hold up. Uh, but their, their other guys have stepped up and have played better. Because, um, you know, when, when a young team, they go deep in the playoffs and, you know, they have some veteran leadership, you know, they uh, they do improve that next year, you know, because they have they have that experience, you know, they have that taste in their mouth. They were close to winning the championship, and, and you know, now they, they took that next step. And that first game against Golden State, uh, Devin Booker left the game, I think, in the first quarter. You know, and they still won the game. You know, Miles Bridges had great defense on uh, Steph Curry. I think he he finished with like 19 points. I want to say. I know he struggled a lot, and I think he only made uh, two threes. But then, you know, a few days later, they played in in Golden State in in San Francisco, and and the Warriors bounced back. You know, and they were able to win that game. But again, that was without Devin Booker. You know, and um, so I've been impressed with the Suns. I've been really impressed with the Warriors, you know, the rookies that they got. Um, you know, they've been great additions to the to the team. You know, they sent I think they sent um Moody to uh they sent him down uh, for a bit and then uh they signed uh Gary Payton the second. Um and you know, this is all with without Wiseman who's apparently supposed to be back in 2022, but you know, he's still young, you know, and it's taken a long time for him to get healthy. Um, and to bring him back into the fold of things, but you know, even, even against the Suns, there, you know, there was there was issues there with the Warriors defensively. You know, they they needed some some versatility out of their out of their five spot. You know, they have Kevon Looney, who's been, you know, um, no pun intended, but he's been a warrior for the Warriors. You know, he played injured in the finals, couldn't lift his his uh, his right arm against his, uh, above his head, and you know, he's he's put in a lot of time with that offense, and he's a great fit there. But, you know, you need that rim protection that hopefully Wiseman can provide for the Warriors. I'm, I'm hoping he bulks up a little bit because he's, he's kind of scrawny and still uh, needs to grow into his body. Uh, but that's like their one deficiency that they have if they have any um, for this team defensively. 
Um, other than that, like their team, their their bench is is deep. This is a deep team. You know, you're getting um, a lot of uh, a lot of support from from Jordan Poole. He's been great to watch. Uh, Draymond Green is back into form. He's lost some weight. You know, he seems more active on defense. Steph Curry every year it seems like I say he's he's you know this is the best we've seen him play uh, throughout his career and he's what 33 he's gonna be 34 soon um, and this is all while Clay is still not back you know he he should be back soon within a couple weeks or so I think maybe um, they say probably by Christmas but he's he's doing full on practices and scrimmages five on five taking contact and. And he's ready to go. He's ready to go just by what they're saying in the, in, uh, for, during their practices. You know, he made 18 shots in a row and that he hit a buzzer beater uh, to win a scrimmage game. Um, and, you know, this is why I'm not a GM or anything because I thought they should have traded their two first-round draft picks and try to get Bradley Beal in there. But honestly, if they had Bradley Beal on this team, that would kind of mess up the flow of, of where things are going with this team, right? You know, you, you, you'd have to find more open shots for him, more looks. And, you know, the one person, you know, who's who's going to get all the shots is is Steph Curry. But the way that the ball flows, you know, offensively for this team, and, you know, system-wise is, you know, whoever's open, they're going to get the shot. They're going to hit the shot. Draymond's going to get you a get you a screen, get you open. And, you know, you're seeing contributions, you know, from top to bottom with this roster. And last year... You know, it was like if Steph didn't score 35, 40 points, the Warriors lose because there was no consistent, like, second scorer at all. And that's how they got all the way to to the playing game, which they should have won. Then they ended up losing to Memphis. You know, they had a you know, great defensive scheme against Steph. Um, but this team is dangerous. You know, I, I did pick... I did pick the, uh, the Warriors to win the championship this year. I had them playing against the Milwaukee Bucks. I just want to say it again, just to make sure I had them winning. You know, it's still early, but I'm gonna. I want to reiterate that that's what I had. I didn't have them finishing at the first seed. You know, they're still the one seed right now, but again, it's you know early December. Um, I think I had them at like the four or fifth seed, and I had Utah as the first seed because you know they had some continuity. They were one of the few teams that brought everyone back. Uh, but with their team, you know, they're. Utah, they're the third, you know, third seed right now, sixteen and seven, and then you have Memphis. You know, they're they're kind of up and down, fourteen and ten, um, and John Morant has been injured a bit. Uh, Clippers thirteen and twelve, Lakers also at thirteen and twelve. Um, so that's rounding out the top six. It's just kind of between you know Memphis at the fourth spot, and then Portland all the way down to ten. I guess you could throw Sacramento in there. They're like they separate by like four games. You know, you have Memphis there at fourteen and ten, and then all the way down to SAC is at, they're ten and fourteen. You know, and you know a lot of these teams they're just you know eleven and twelve, eleven and fourteen, and there's been a lot of disappointment in the West. I feel like it's really top heavy with you know um, Golden State and Phoenix one A one B, however you want to put it, um, and then probably I guess one I would say one C. You know, there's like a second tier there that's at the top is is Utah. Uh, but we need to see it in the playoffs. You know, we haven't seen them do in the playoffs. You know, Rudy Gobert gets kind of run off the court there uh, during the postseason. But then after that, it's like, I don't I don't really trust any of these teams. You know, you look at Dallas. Luka is still not in, in the shape that he needs to be for some reason. I don't know what it is. You know, does he need another nutritionist, another trainer? Like, I, I don't know what the issue is, you know. Um, 
you know, and and they've struggled, you know, under Jason Kidd. You know, I, I just watched the game yesterday. Who were they playing? Brooklyn. It was like a last second shot. They they were down three. They had enough time to hit a two and then hit a foul and then and you know go from there. But uh, Luca he tries to hit a three and then you know missed it. Then you know then he was double teamed. They couldn't get the ball back to Luca. And then I think it was um, what was his name? Um, I forget what his name. It wasn't Kristaps. It was the other guy. It was someone who you do not want to shoot into three. You know since it's not Luca, but. You know, they're, they're, they're missing some pieces there. You know, I don't know if anyone wants to take the Przingis piece or not, uh, but they seem like they need to bring it in, bring someone else in. And I, I thought the, the Jason Kidd hire was just a bad hire. He hasn't proven to be a good coach yet, you know. And then you have the Lakers 13-12. and 12. You know, this has been like a, a season from hell for, for LeBron James. He's missed a lot of time either with injury and then he missed recently missed 10 days a few games with uh with he was in covid protocols i thought he got vaccinated but maybe he got it while he was vac- who knows he missed a lot of time then anthony davis hasn't been as consistent you know he, he's struggling you know from his shooting percentage wise you know his numbers are there so if you're just looking at his stats you you'd think he's he's playing well but he's just not He's not playing aggressive enough. You know, like when LeBron's out, I want to see 40 points from Anthony Davis. I need to see more shot attempts. I need to see, you know, some more uh, defensive force out of him. You know, he's a he's 6'11". You know, they're putting him at the 5, sometimes at the 4. Why is he standing at the 3-point line? I guess I, I understand the game has changed and people can, you know, shoot threes. But even defensively, he's not even down in the paint. He's like, he's standing out in mid-range or standing out of the three-point line, like, what are you doing, dude? You're the tallest guy on the team. Why don't you go, go down low, you know? Especially when, when Dwight Howard's not in the game or DeAndre Jordan's not in the game, like, get down there. Like, get some rebounds, get some blocks. Like, do what you used to do at Kentucky, you know? And you, he's just not doing that. He's kind of lackadaisical with stuff and doesn't have that that killer instinct that we saw in the bubble when they won the championship. And and, you know, you can see it, you know, with this team is like they're going to go as far as Anthony Davis takes them, I believe. You know, having Russell Westbrook is nice. You know, he, he's going to do all the other things and his intensity level is going to, you know, boost the team morale. You know, and it seems like Westbrook has finally figured out how to play with this team, you know, how to how to find his shot and, you know, how to be aggressive, you know, because at first I feel like he was being too passive, trying to get LeBron involved, Carmelo Anthony involved and and Anthony Davis involved, you know, but now, you know, just play your game, you know, and then, you know, other people will adjust around you, even though everyone kind of adjusts uh, around LeBron. And I think the only one who's fit in well has been uh, Carmelo Anthony. You know, he knows his role, comes off the bench, hits some shots. I think he's averaging 14 points a game. So it's nice to see him, you know, continue his, his long uh, NBA career there. Um, but the other signings have they haven't panned out. You know, Rondo's not even on the floor. He's like not even playing. Um, and you know they're they're old. They're an old team. Um, you know they do have some young guys, but the young guys aren't. Uh, you know they aren't performing like the way that they should. You know for this team. You know they're not helping. You know the older veterans out. You know and you're kind of, you're relying too much on LeBron. You know who still has it. You know but he's what thirty seven now. You know, and he's had a lot of injuries this past, what, three years or so. Um, he's been in and out of the lineup. But, you know, he had a, was a 40-point game a few weeks ago, 35-point game. You know, he, he's played well. You know, yesterday he played well, too. I think he had 18 points in the first quarter. Um, so he still has it, you know. But he's going to have his moments, you know, where he shows up 
bigger than others, obviously, but um, it's, we need more out of Anthony Davis, you know, and um, I think I had this team, you know, as, as a four seed or something like that. I had them as top five for sure, but, you know, it's still early and they can still move up, but man, they are, they're struggling big time. And, you know, they're, they have the same record as the Clippers who don't have Kawhi Leonard and, you know, kind of relying on Paul George, who, who's been great without Kawhi Leonard. You know, if I'm Paul George, I'm trying to – I'm angling any way I can to get a team of my own again because he, he's a rhythm-type player and he needs the ball in his hands. He needs to – you know, the offense needs to flow through him. And when it does, you know, they're a lot better that way. Um, let's see what else. Uh, Denver, you know, Jokic is still good. You know, he's still top three, top five player this year. Um, Michael Porter Jr. is having like some back surgery and, you know, they just signed to a max contract and hasn't kicked in yet till next year. And he's already out for the rest of the season for surgery. And Jamal Murray's not even back yet. So I don't think, I don't think Denver is going to make the playoffs this year unless Jokic or they make a trade and Jokic just goes crazy averages like 35 10 and 10 he has to get like a triple double double or something because they're the team is just they're just not good this year you know besides him um you know who i've been impressed with though and who i'm i just can't wait for them to get back to the playoffs is minnesota you know um carl anthony towns is going to give you your numbers and stuff you know and the, the problem with with this team and with carl anthony towns was you know the kind of that killer instinct and you know not taking anything away from him, he's a great player, but just like his leadership style, you know, he's not going to be the the vocal leader in the locker room or anything like that, which is fine, you know, but I think for teams to be successful in the league and, you know, to be able to make the playoffs consistently and to eventually win the championship, you need someone who's going to get in your face. You know, you need a guy like that who's kind of on the edge. You know, Warriors have Draymond Green. Um, seems like in Brooklyn – for some reason, that's Kevin Durant. Like he'll, he's he's been a lot more vocal lately uh, with the Lakers. You know, um, LeBron will obviously do that, uh, but now you have Russell Westbrook. You know, you have certain teams have certain guys who they rely on, and you know it's odd for for the Timberwolves that it's Anthony Edwards who's in his second year. I love Anthony Edwards. You know, I love his game. He's improved a lot. He's still really raw though, but you know he's productive and. And with that, you know, he he's exciting. You know, he likes the limelight. His interviews are hilarious. Um, but he's taking that that role, you know, uh, with, with the, the Timberwolves is that he's the vocal leader. He's the guy, you know, and he but with that personality that he has, it matches perfectly with the personality of Carl Anthony Towns. And this team, if they just if they don't make any trades, they kind of keep it consistently with who they have and. Um, you know, maybe if there's a trade for Ben Simmons, if they bring Ben Simmons in, that's a team that can make the playoffs easily, especially in the the way that the West is, sh- is shaping up this year. It's kind of weak. Um, but yeah, they also have uh, Patrick Beverly. So you got, you have a defensive guard there. Uh, but I like what I'm seeing out of uh, Anthony Edwards and, and he's, he's for sure going to be a star. Um, you know, the Warriors had a chance to draft him and, you know, or no, he went number one, right? I'll have to check back on that. Um, another uh, another team that's been disappointing has been uh, the the Trailblazers. You know they fired uh, their GM Neil O'Shea finally. It's because it was a probe against for harassment and and just being a shitty human being. But you know if the harassment didn't come out, like were they still gonna keep him in his job? 
you know, because he was doing a bad job. That roster is terrible. You know, I like the players that are on the roster, but not collectively. You know, I like CJ and Dame. Dame has been out. You know, he has, he has, um, it was an abdominal injury. Um, he's out for at least 10 days, you know, a few games there. Uh, CJ McCollum has a collapsed lung, so he's out. Um, Billups is calling out the starters at every press conference, every chance he gets, he's calling people out. Uh, there's reports that there's tension between, uh, Damian Lillard and, uh, you know, Chauncey Billups and the team and, you know, they're losing faith in him already. But then he came out on Twitter and it was like, nope, that's not true. Why would they keep saying this stuff if it's not true? I think probably just to gain leverage for other teams to try to facilitate a trade for Damian Lillard. Because uh, I think the Sixers still want that to happen. And honestly, you know, at the, at the end of last season, there was a lot of reports about, you know, Damian Lillard. Hey, he's going to get traded and stuff. Then he came out uh, at uh, USA Basketball practice and said, hey... Um, I want, I want to to just reiterate. I want to be in Portland. I want to win here, but you know, if there's not major changes, or if we don't have a good year, then we'll have that conversation again. That's basically what he said. He basically said, "Hey, this year, if we suck this year, I'm going to demand a trade." And I don't know if he's going to full on demand a trade, but right now it's it's not looking good for for the for the Blazers. You know, I know it's it's still early, so I don't like to give a full assessment until like february you know because then by then there's enough there's enough uh, regular season that has been played and then you can there's enough trends and stuff and stats to you know see where the team's going and you know they haven't improved at all you know at first you know they let go of terry stotts and was like hey man roster's fine it's a coaching decision it's a coaching issue coaching issue well, I'll tell you what, they had a better start last year, and they had a better year the year before, and the roster's been pretty much the same, you know, and either either Portland has to make moves to continue to build around Damian Lillard, or they just say, hey, fuck it, let's blow it up, let's trade Damian Lillard, let's trade CJ McCollum, let's trade Nurk, let's trade everybody. And trade our and then get get some some capital back, some draft capital, and just you know ride it out until we can get, you know, um, a, a high first round draft pick and and take the best player available because you know now Damian Lillard's thirty one, you know CJ is I think he's like in late twenties. Um, Nurkic seems like he's always injured. You know I like him as a player and um, you know I don't I just they don't utilize him correctly. I feel like and. Um, you know, they were in the conference finals a few years ago and, you know, they consistently make the playoffs and everyone's always like, oh yeah, they're down four starters. Like, no, they're not going to make the playoffs. And then David Lillard just puts the team on his back and they make the postseason. Terry Stotts is a great coach. You know, I didn't think they needed to let go, let go of him. I think they needed to make some trade. Um, you know, I don't know if it was moving CJ. I think if it was moving CJ, it wasn't for Ben Simmons. It was for another Another two-way guard, but that's a better scorer than Ben Simmons. You know, um, I know Jimmy Butler's not on the uh, not on the table, but like someone like that, you know. Um, but yeah, they, I'm just uh, yeah disappointed with Portland, um, Sacramento. I think they finally fired Luke Walton. Um, so we'll check in with the East. Uh, Brooklyn Nets are first place, seventeen and seven. You know, Kevin Durant's been playing a lot of heavy minutes. Has been playing great. Uh, James Harden has been up and down. 
Um, he had a good game the other night where I think he had like 35 points. Um, that was through three quarters, though, because in the, in the fourth quarter he struggled. You know, that's kind of where he struggles. Um, no word on Kyrie Irving. The last I heard about Kyrie Irving was that there's like a COVID vaccine that's like plant-based that apparently he would be interested in, in taking if, uh, if the mandate doesn't change. But the New York mandate hasn't changed at all, you know, and there's still... Um, they're still not going to let him play without the vaccine, but apparently, you know, now they're taking calls for, for, you know, trade partners. And, um, apparently he doesn't want to play for Brooklyn anymore and that he wants to get traded. That's what the report, there was like a rumor that I read. Um, I haven't heard anything else after that, but, um, that could be interesting if he is traded. I don't know what team would want him because Brooklyn was where he wanted to be, right? With Kevin Durant, his friend, and you know they've been talking about it for years. Um, so I don't, I don't think any team would want to trade for for Kyrie Irving. You know, you can't rely on him. He he's apparently he's comfortable with Kevin Durant. He's comfortable with with Steve Nash. He likes Harden. If he's comfortable with this situation then how come he's not reliable? Like, so if this is like the best situation for him and he's not reliable there, then why would any other team expect him to be reliable, you know, with their situation that he's less comfortable with? Like, so I, I, I don't, I wouldn't trade him and I would even give, get back for him, you know, but you also can't just have a player there who can't play or, or who doesn't want to play and you're paying him, you know, you can, I don't know. That's, that's a, a messy situation. And, you know, like I've said before, you know, I think the Nets can, they can win the championship still without Kyrie Irving, but if you add Kyrie Irving to that team, it's like almost a guarantee that they they win. I think if they're not injured, if if everyone's healthy and stuff, I think they can they can easily run the table with Kyrie Irving. Uh, without him, they can get to the finals and they can win still, but it's not as a for sure thing. Um, without him, I don't I don't think they can beat Milwaukee personally. Uh, Chicago Bulls, uh, seventeen and eight. Um, they're the second seed right now, and they've been really impressive. Demar Derozan has improved greatly since his days in, in Toronto. Um, I know a lot of people hated the move to San Antonio when they traded him to San Antonio. They're like, "Oh, why is he in San Antonio? Save him out of San Antonio." He learned so much from Greg Popovich. He's a smart player. He's actually a playmaker now. Before he wasn't a playmaker. He just, you know, he was chucking up shots and you know he was a lot of the mid-range but he wasn't efficient as a scorer now he, he's more efficient he's getting other guys involved um him Lonzo Ball uh Alex Caruso has been a great addition I love Alex Caruso and you know the the Lakers didn't want to match the contract he got from Chicago and now you know what the Lakers are missing right now they're missing someone like Alex Caruso who can play defense do, does all the little things that you need uh, to win basketball games you need someone who's gonna you know dive for the basketball you know uh, take a take a charge you know stuff like that the little things that aren't gonna always show up in the in the stat sheet and that's what he does for him um, this team is is tough and um, you know I didn't think they'd be good this fast I thought maybe like the back end of a playoff spot but man they are uh, they're impressive um, and they look like they're gonna stay top four for sure um, and then you have Milwaukee you know, they started off, they were like in the 12th spot, and then they won like eight straight games. Um, you know, people getting back healthy. Giannis is, is still playing great. Uh, so they're 16-9 right now. I expect them to go back to the finals. 
Um, and then fourth spot, you have uh, Miami at 14 and 11. You know, they're looking better than last year. You know, last year they were, you know, I think it was more talk about them being tough, you know, and there's, um, you know, they seem to have, uh, have found or rediscovered, you know, that toughness that they've had in the past. Um, you know, so they're going to be a tough out in the playoffs, I think. Um, other teams, you know, you have Boston. They're the 10th spot at 13 and 12. Uh, they've been struggling. Um, you know, Jalen Brown has been out. Um, you know, they just lost the Lakers last night. The Knicks have been bad, I would say, 12 and 12. Um, you know, again, still early, but, you know, just not a not a good start at all, especially with Kemba Walker. That was like your prized uh, acquisition in the offseason. He's out of the rotation, like completely. He's not playing at all. Um, Julius Randle has seemed, he seems to have taken a step back or he seemed, like people have figured him out, you know, um, Atlanta's at 13 and 12, you know, they had all this talk and, you know, uh, Trey Young, Oh, no one believes in us. We went to the conference finals last year. Well, <laughs> you're showing us why people don't believe in you. You know, I still believe in them. I'm not, I'm not so sure that they're they would win a championship, but I think, you know, they can be a top six seed again, you know, consistently because they, they have the talent, they're a deep team. You know, and I like um, I like Nate Nate McMillan. Um, yeah, just not not a good start there for them. Uh, let's see, Washington. They started off; they were like first place in the East, and I was like, wow, this is crazy. But uh, Kyle Kuzma has been playing well for them, and it seems like you know the the Washington um, Wizards have have decided to build around Bradley Beal. You know, he has said multiple times, "Hey, I'm not asking for a trade." I want to play here in Washington, and I thought they were going to trade him after they traded Westbrook, but no, they're they're building around him. They seem to have gone the right pieces around him, and yeah, they're they're a lot better now. You know, um, I still like Charlotte. Charlotte's at fourteen twelve. They're really exciting. They're just they're just a really fun team. They have really good uniforms. Lamelo Ball is a is a fucking star, um, and I, I love watching it play. Uh, right now they're fourteen twelve, um, and then. So they're at the seventh spot. The Sixers, uh, they're kind of stagnant. You know, they're at the thirteen and eleven. Haven't seen, haven't seen a lot of improvement from that team. You know, obviously they need Ben Simmons or they need a they need to trade him. You know, as soon as possible. I have I haven't heard anything about the Ben Simmons thing at all. There, it's been really quiet. Um, the last was like a few months ago. A couple months ago was that. He was refusing treatment for uh, for like the me- uh, medical doctors, like for for his mental health from um, the Sixers. So he was saying like, "Hey, I have mental issues," and then the Sixers were like, "Hey, well, you know, we can get you with like a um, you know mental health, you know, doctor, like a, a psychologist or you know something like that." And he said, "No, I don't want that." And it's like, "Well, okay, well, well, what do you want then?" You know, and. They haven't even traded him, and there hasn't been any discussion yet. So I think they might ride this out this year, honestly. But the longer they wait, the more time that they're wasting in Joel Embiid's career. You know, he's had, you know, early in his career, he got injured a lot. You know, he's been out. I think he was out the last few games or so. Um, And he's 27 now. You know, he's been there a while. Just, you got to, like, while you're in this, in this, time with Embiid you know he can be so dominant in a playoff series you need to make a move and get some guys who who are buying who will buy in and play with them you know um so yeah that that's what's going on in the NBA um it's kind of a weird 
weird year. There's only a couple teams that, you know, you can really consistently rely on right now. And I think that's probably Brooklyn now. You know, early on it wasn't Brooklyn. Uh, Brooklyn, Chicago, Milwaukee, I'll say. And then um, in the West, I think it's only, it's probably Utah, Golden State, and Phoenix. So I would say those those six teams, I probably added a couple that, that shouldn't be on there. But, you know, those are the teams that I believe are like, you know, Head and shoulders above the other teams, um, you know, with the exception of Golden State and Phoenix are just, you know, they're they're one two right there, and then maybe you have Brooklyn down there, but um, but yeah, that's about it. And then uh, so moving on to the NFL, uh, the NFL has been also very strange. You know, it's been a weird um, NFL season. You know, you have let's check the standings here. So this year, you know, they added an extra week. There's an extra game there. Um, and then there's also a, an extra playoff game. So now with the playoffs, if if you're a one or a two seed, you get an automatic buy. So you want those you want that first and second spot, right? Oh wait, no, no, no. I got it wrong. So now this year, only the first seed in the conference for the playoffs gets a buy, and then the second seed plays that seven seed that extra added uh, playoff team. So you you only get the um, the buy for the first seed. So, um, yeah, this has been a crazy season. First of all, Bill Belichick is the greatest coach of all time. That's just, like, done. It's cemented. We already know um, Tom Brady, greatest football player, quarterback, whatever. That one is cemented. I got to say, though, with Tom, I am so tired of seeing, like, the the social media posts on on um on Bleacher Report or Twitter like okay dude we got another video from Tom Brady and they're not even that funny which is fine you know because if you're the greatest you know in in a in your sport you can do whatever you want but at, at a certain point it's a little bit overkill like all the Kevin Hart commercials and stuff like that like okay dude we get it we get it uh, but Bill Belichick is the greatest quarterback of all time be, or not quarterback uh, coach of all time because with his rookie quarterback one McCorkle Jones from Alabama. Uh, they threw the ball three times. He was two for three for 19 yards against uh, my Super Bowl pick, Buffalo Bills, and uh, they beat they beat them they beat the Bills in Buffalo with just two completed pass attempts. Embarrassed them honestly. Just ran the ball down their throats. Uh, Patriots are winners of seven straight games, and they are now first place in the AFC with a rookie quarterback. And there's no eye-popping numbers at all in any aspect of this team, any stats or anything. Defensively, they're great. They're good defensively. And, um, yeah, I'd be scared to go to Foxborough now. Um, It feels like the 2001 team, you know, they got a young quarterback, you know, who, who has some talent, but... He's not throwing for 400 yards and four touchdowns with no interceptions. He's, you know, managing the game, playing within himself and within his talents and, you know, not, you know, not uh, overexerting himself or turning the ball over. You know, he's doing what's asked of him, you know, and um, yeah, seven straight games. I, I remember I had them making the playoffs as like a wild card. I thought maybe they'd win nine, ten games. You know, and and they would be able to get in with that record. They're nine and four right now. You know, we're we're not even. We still have a few weeks left of the season. Um, they've been impressive. Um, 
you know, they'd be great. You know, if they saw Tom Brady, like what, what would you be seeing right now? You know, it's just, uh, it's fun to think about, um, because you know, the Buccaneers are nine and three, you know, so it's like, okay, so they're, you know, identical records and, you know, I'm hoping the Patriots go to Super Bowl and they win it. Or if they beat Tom Brady, they get like a rematch. That'd be, oh, that'd be nice. And Super Bowl, I'd love to see that. Um, and then the second seed, you have the Tennessee Titans, who are, you know, they've lost two straight. You know, they had the the first seed there um, in the AFC, you know, but then they lost Derrick Henry. Now, you know, they have A.J. Brown and Julio Jones are on the IR. You know, they're looking to come back here this week or next week. Um, you know, Derrick Henry might be coming back in January. That's the report. Um, and if he comes back in January, you know, I still think this team can win the Super Bowl. They can go to the Super Bowl easily, but they got to be healthy. So I'm hoping, you know, if they can stay afloat, which I think they can, they, you know, they have a couple games up on, um, oh no, they only have one game up on, um, on the Colts or the Colts are seven and six. So they're right there. Uh, but yeah, Tennessee, if they could just, you know, ride it out, you know, not lose any other games and, you know, get their guys back. Once they get Derrick Henry back, I think they can, they can make a run, um, in the AFC. Uh, the Ravens are eight and four, you know, Lamar Jackson, he's had a, a terrible year too, though. You know, he, he had a, a four interception game against the Browns, but then still won. He's been out with COVID or some illness, you know, twice. He had some like stomach flu thing. Um, they're just really up and down. At one point they were first in the AFC. I just, I, I didn't really believe them at all, you know, and their team, the way it's structured, you need to have, you need to have, you know, multiple running backs that you can rely on. They've lost their top two running backs this year. Have, have to, you know, completely rely on uh, Lamar Jackson for running game. Um, but some, t some reason the, the Ravens are always there at the end. I just, I don't think it's this year. Um, and then moving on to the Chiefs are also eight and four. The Chiefs have won five straight games, you know, and I know they haven't looked pretty. You know, I think they scored 19 points in their last game. Um, you know, but a win's a win, you know, and it shows that they can win ugly. You know, if there's a defensive game, they can win it. You know, their defense has really stepped up over the last few weeks. Uh, their running game is just still kind of the same, but, um, you know, Patrick Mahomes is, you know, he's he's trying to make smarter plays. You know, you can tell that they're learning. Um, and this is a scary team now. And this is what I was talking about. Once once the Kansas City Chiefs start, they, they win a few games in a row, you know, they get their confidence back. Watch out, you know, because you know what they can do. They can just, they can flip it on. And, you know, once they get comfortable and, you know, they change things and, and they get more confident, you know, they can, they can easily run the table too, because we've seen them do it. But <clears throat> after this is, you know, the AFC is kind of muddled, you know, you can't, there doesn't seem to be one team that, you know, you can pin on or, or point to and say, Oh, you know what? They're definitely, Definitely going to the AFC Championship because uh, you know the Chargers are seven and five. You know they lost a couple of games that they shouldn't have lost, and kind of same old Chargers thing where you know they're close and you know they have an opportunity at the end and then they just blow it. Um, you know, but Herbert's been great. You know he's been really great. Um, and then you know you have Cincinnati, the seven and five. You know they had that bad loss against the Jets. Um, you know they play the 49ers this coming week. Um, you know they just. Blew out the Steelers, uh, but then Joe Burrow is his pinky on his throwing hand is injured. Um, so you know it, you, you can't you don't know if you can really count on them either. And then you have the Bills seven and five. They looked 
so dominant early on. I was like, okay, my pick is looking good. They're definitely going to the Super Bowl. You know, they were great last year. You know, I think they were 13-3 and last year. And now, like, what the fuck happened? You know, 7-5, and their defense was supposed to be great, you know. And I just don't understand how the Patriots throw the ball three times. Two completions. And they just mainly run the ball. And you can't stop the run. There's one touchdown they gave up. The Bills thought that only touchdown that they had was because of a muffed punt by the Patriots, which almost never happens. But they muffed the punt. And then... Once the Bills got the ball back, they were immediately in the goal line, in the red zone, and they and they scored easily. But that was their only touchdown. Other than that, they would have been blown out. It would have been a terrible game. Um, so yeah, they're they're just they're not looking good at all. Um, so I don't really know. And then you have the you know, Steelers are at seven, six, five, and one. <clears throat> you know they're they're in the eighth spot. The Colts are at seven and six. They still have a chance. They've been playing well. Um, I would just you know, feed Jonathan Taylor, the rock, um, other teams, I guess are still in it, but I think are done are the Raiders at six and six Brown, six and six Broncos, six and six, uh, dolphins at six and seven, but that's it. Um, yeah, some, some very disappointing teams to say the least. I think, um, the Titans are probably, probably exceeding expectations and so are the Patriots. But other than that, there's no, there's no dominant, team there uh the nfc is a lot better i think um you know in the nfl yeah the cardinals are at 10 and 2 you know the cardinals have been amazing you know offensively you know they had a resurgence um you know with some of those guys there the thing that you know kind of amazed me with this team is that kyler murray he missed what three games uh deandre hopkins i believe he missed three games also and there were two and one in those games you know and they wouldn't be able to do that last year. So they were able to to play three games and they had a bye week, you know, to give Kyler Murray extra extra time, you know, to rest and to heal. And, you know, they're still 10-2. They have that one seed in the NFC. Um, and, yeah, they've just they've been great. And they play the Rams on Monday night in L.A., so that'll be a good game. Uh, the Packers are 9-3. You know, I said this in the beginning of the year. You know, there's a lot of stuff with Aaron Rodgers and now with the, the COVID toe, whatever the hell it is, and all his off-the-field bullshit. But I said, you know, they're going to have a good record at the end of the year. They're going to win 13, 12, 13 games maybe. They might be even more than that since they're 9-3 right now. You know, usually the games where they lose – you know, a last-second play or something. Now they're winning those games, and they're looking they're looking really good, honestly. You know, um, Aaron Rodgers is playing really well. Um, he's having an MVP-type year again. You know, I'm not sure if he's going to win it because of the politics side of things, and which, you know, I disagree with. I don't think, um, you know, people's off-the-field shit or interviews or anything, or if some guy's an asshole, like, that shouldn't stop him from being in the Hall of Fame. If you're or winning the MVP or being in the Hall of Fame, I'm talking – for the Hall of Fame, I'm referring to Terrell Owens. You know, he's the he was a fucking dickhead. He was an asshole. I like Terrell Owens though, because you know he was so dominant on the field and just let him in the Hall of Fame um, on the first try. Like that's what he deserves. If if Aaron Rodgers is the MVP this year, just give it give it to Aaron Rodgers. You know, don't don't you know bring politics into it. He said some very stupid things this season, obviously, and that's what I believe. But you know, he's he's playing great. You know, they're nine and three. And he hasn't missed a game, I think, or did he miss one game? Yeah, he had um, he had to miss that game because of COVID, right? And Jordan Love played and looked terrible. So they obviously that showed that they need Aaron Rodgers, you know, and the 
the Jordan Love experiment experiment is not ready to start yet. Um, then you have the Buccaneers at nine and three. Tom Brady has another MVP type year. I'm not sure if uh, he's going to get it. Some stupid stuff uh, with Antonio Brown. Once again, Antonio Brown just shows his true colors and that he doesn't have a lot of mental capacity. Um, you know, instead of getting the vaccine, you know, he said that he got the vaccine. Um, and then uh, he had a, a former cook of his that was on the payroll, uh, had not received his paycheck. And he stiffed him on his paycheck and he was trying to get his, he was trying to get paid from Antonio Brown and you know, Antonio's just been ignoring him, and apparently the cook overheard that Antonio Brown was buying a uh, fake vaccination card. So this guy contacted the NFL, and there was an investigation, and three players on Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, the other guys, no big names except Antonio Brown, uh, you know, there was, after the investigation, they did use fake vaccination cards so that they can, you know, get the same benefits as someone who is vaccinated. My problem with this is, if you don't want to get the vaccine, don't get the vaccine. But don't fucking lie about it with a fake vaccine card so that you can get treated the same way as other vaccinated players. If you're not, if you're gonna stay on the hill and not get the vaccine, then do it and have a fucking backbone with it and be like, okay, yeah, I'm not getting it. So then, yeah, I'll wear my mask all the time or whatever. But you gotta be an idiot. So he, what an idiot this guy is. And then. He's suspended for three weeks, and then now there's a report that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers might cut him after this. Like, this is your last chance, your last stop, basically. And the only reason why you were signed on the Buccaneers was because of of Tom Brady. Bruce Arians used to coach him in in uh, Pittsburgh, and him and Antonio Brown had a falling out. They did not have a good relationship at all, and uh, Bruce Arians didn't want to bring him in. The only reason why they brought him in was because Brady was like, hey, you know, I, I had a good relationship with him in New England in the short time that I played with him. We had a good connection, and I want to bring him here. You know, so they were like, all right, Tom, let's listen to the greatest player of all time. You can do whatever you want. Let's bring him in. And, you know, it, it started off as a disaster. And then last year he was quiet, and he played really well. He had a really good year, you know. And then now it's a disaster again because he's missing three games at the end of the towards the end of the season when you you kind of need him for you know seeding purposes because you want that bye to to rest your old guys you know and Gronk came back and you know he had two touchdowns last game he's been good but man Antonio Brown what a what an idiot he deserves to get cut because if he gets cut again then that's it he's done uh, Cowboys are eight and four um you know they should easily win 10 games, right? Because, uh, you know, the division, it's six right there, easy. But, you know, there's something missing again, you know, with their defense, with their offense. Dak hasn't been playing, you know, like he was early in the season. Uh, but they're still 8-4. And, and, you know, the the Washington football team are right there knocking on the door. You know, they've won four straight. They're 6-6, six and six, so there's a two-game uh, difference right there. So they can still win the division. Um, I think it it seems like there's going to be two teams from that division making the playoffs. Um, and then you have the Rams. They're at 8-4. and four. They started off, they looked amazing. I was like, okay, they're they're probably making a deep run, if not going to Super Bowl this year. Um, but last few games, you know, the that Niner game, Niners blew them out. It was that Sunday night football at home. And, you know, I think most of it was that um, – Matthew Stafford, he's not 100% healthy. You know, they looked good last week, but that was against uh, Jacksonville. Um, you know, and now if, if Stafford does get healthy, you know, um, 
they'll be able to, you know, consistently throw the ball because also their their running game hasn't been good this year. You know, you haven't been able to rely on it. You know, I think this past week they had a good running game, but again, that was against Jacksonville. You know, but they lost Cam Akers early in the season, you know, and they haven't really been able to replicate what they had with Todd Gurley. You know, I know Gurley's, you know, he's not what he was before. He's still a free agent. Why don't you just bring him in for the rest of the season and, you know, see what he has. You know, I'm surprised with all these injuries, you know, obviously they must know something more than what your average fan knows because, you know, Baltimore, they had no running backs and they didn't bring Gurley in. Um, Seattle's lost a lot of running backs. They brought in Adrian Peterson instead of Gurley, who's like, I think he's like six years younger than him. Um, same with Tennessee, you know. So, obviously, there's there's some major concerns there. Um, but, yeah, with the Rams, you know, and then they, they brought in Odell Beckham, and, you know, they're kind of trying to incorporate him into the offense. And, you know, he just hasn't – he hasn't had quite an impact. The last game he had one touchdown for like 10 yards, but, you know, he had three receptions, I think, for 23 yards or something like that. You know, and, and his targets are low. You know, the most targets is obviously Cooper Cup. But then after that, it's Tyler Higby, the, the tight end. So they haven't really been able to, to find a way to get Odell Beckham, you know, fully involved into that offense. Um, and then, yeah, Washington football team, I mentioned them. You know, I don't know how they're doing this with Tyler Heineke. Um, they won four straight. Um, you know, their defense is there. Defense is, is still good. Um but we'll see. They look like they're in line for a wild card spot. But those last two spots, six and seven, it's just all muddled right there. It's Washington six and six, Niners six and six, Eagles, Vikings, uh, and Panthers, and and Falcons and Saints are still in it at six and seven, and then it goes all the way down to five and seven. So on to the 49ers. You know they've looked they've looked good the last few games. You know um, their defense has been stellar. Their running game has been amazing. Elijah Mitchell, you know, first-round pick uh, in the sixth round. Or not first-round pick. Sixth-round draft pick last year. Um, yeah, he's been he's been great for them, you know, coming on late after uh, Mozart got injured. Um, but, you know, Debo Samuel's been out. Fred Warner has been out. Um, and last week they needed that win against Seattle because, you know, they're still in the seventh spot right now. But if they win that game they'd be seven and five, you know? So if you're seven and five, you have that sixth spot instead of the seventh spot. Now you're tied for the sixth and seventh spot. Uh, George Kittle had a monster game. I think he had 180 yards, two touchdowns. He had like 40 points fantasy football wise, right? They had a big lead. I think it was like a 16 point lead or something in the first half. Seattle, I knew Seattle was coming back. I just, I was just waiting for it. And, you know, they're playing at home in Seattle and, um, you know, they come back and, you know the 49ers they need a they need a touchdown to win the game they have the the ball in their inside their own five you know with like a minute and 30 left or something you we need an amazing drive from jimmy g we get a great drive it's amazing honestly and then the fourth down in the goal line he's trying to throw it to the end zone it gets batted down they fucking lose the game just awful game they made a lot of mistakes let seattle back into the game gave them that extra momentum um, so they blew it, you know, they blew it. And, you know, so they're six and six still, and now they play a, a tough Cincinnati team. Um, so we'll see how that one goes. Uh, the Eagles, they're six and seven. So they're right on the outside there, the eighth spot. Uh, Gardner Minshew made a start last week. He's back, won that game for him. Um, 
Minshew Mania is back. I, I hope he uh, he continues to start because he, he gives the teams that he plays for, like people just love playing for him. People love this guy. He's entertaining and he's actually pretty good, you know. So um, I hope he keeps playing there. Vikings are five and seven. They've just been Im- absolutely imploding. Um, same with the Panthers. You know, they brought Cam Newton back. Uh, and their first game, he was good. And then the next game, he threw like two interceptions. His uh, QBR was like a four. Um, the Falcons, uh, outside of Cordell Patterson, they have nothing going for him. You know, um, uh, Russell Gage has been the number one wide receiver along with Kyle Pitts. You know, after, um, I forget his name, Calvin Ridley, he took like a mental health break, but he's been out now for what, like four or five weeks. So they haven't, they just, I don't know, they're just not a consistent team. And, you know, that NFC South, like, Panthers five and seven, Falcons five and seven, Saints five and seven. And then you have the Bucks at nine and three. Like, they're just always like either really good or just like really average, you know. Because then you have the Saints, you know, they try to throw Taysom Hill against the Cowboys. He threw four interceptions, but then he threw, he had two touchdowns. He was rushed for over 100 yards, and it's just, it's just messy. And I don't know where the Saints are going from here. Like, are they going to bring back Jameis Winston next year after he tore his ACL or like, it's like, what are they going to do? You know, and, they, and then they sign Taysom Hill to a new contract, which is going to actually pay him more if he, be, if he you know, plays quarterback and plays well. Like, there's, like, an incentive bonus for him. Um, so I'm not sure. And then you have um, the, other, the Lions won their first game, so they're, they're 110 and 1 now. Uh, yeah, on to, on to college football. You know, college football has been um, – it's, it's – been a good year i think you know i watched a lot of i watched a lot of the the championship games you know um oregon got blown out by by utah so what do they do uh, mario cristobal decides to go to miami so now there's a new coach in miami which you know I, it didn't really make sense to me because miami is probably like what the third maybe fourth best school in florida in their own state you know, you have uh, University of Florida, maybe even Florida State better. Um, I guess maybe you could say Miami, but Miami has been down for a while, and they're not that same brand that they used to be. Oregon is a national brand now, and now you have, I mean, you know, the Pac-12 has, has struggled, you know, obviously, and, you know, if you if you can get a lot of good recruits there in the Pac-12 and, and you know, you can put together a good team, you can easily get to the Rose Bowl and get to the or get to the college football playoff easily, you know, because it's you know you got an easier schedule. You don't have to deal with the SEC and stuff like that. So I don't know. I, I, I just didn't understand the move, but a lot of people made moves, and then you know you had uh, Alabama and Georgia playing in the in the SEC championship game, and you know a lot of people picked Georgia. You know Georgia's ranked number one. Well, Alabama blew them out. You know and now. Now Alabama's ranked number one, um, so now you'll have, let's see, so the college football playoff, you're going to have Cincinnati, they finished fourth, so they're 13-0, and Alabama, they, uh, they're they first at 12-1, and and then you're going to have Georgia and Michigan playing, both 12-1, and Michigan, proud of Michigan, they started off unranked, you know, I'm a Jim Harbaugh guy ever since he coached the 49ers, um, they finally beat Ohio State, and they beat him badly. You know, and then they won, uh, they beat Iowa in the Big Ten Championship. Then you have Cincinnati finishing undefeated. And then, um, you know, you have Georgia too. So it's going to be exciting. 
One thing I hope doesn't happen, I hope Alabama and Georgia don't play the championship because we just saw that happen in the SEC championship and, you know, it, it wasn't a good game at all. It was heavily hyped and just not a good game. So, I'm honestly, I'm rooting for Cincinnati and Michigan. Cincinnati because, you know, a lot of people don't think they should be there, but they finished undefeated and they, they earned their right to be there. So I'm rooting for them to beat Alabama, and then I'm rooting for Michigan because, you know, we haven't seen Michigan in this spot in a really long time, and um, I'm happy for Harbaugh, and, you know, I hope I hope they go to the championship. Um, and then what other news? College football, you know, you had Brian Kelly leaving Notre Dame, going to LSU for uh, 10 years, $100 million. And a lot of people have issues with Brian Kelly, the way that he did it apparently happened a couple days before. And then he sent the news came out and he sends a text to his team. Hey, I want to meet with you guys at 7 a.m. Told him how much you loved them. I love the the team and players, all that stuff. I didn't have a problem with how uh, Brian Kelly did it, honestly. Because, um, you know, there's some stories that there's some details that didn't really come out, I guess, or, or that we don't really know about. But apparently he took a flight. He was on a recruiting trip. And his attorney got on board, which, you know, means that, hey, a deal's about to happen, you know. So, and he was, like, in a recruit's house, and then he left, and then, then like, news comes out, hey, I'm going to ordain, or I'm going to LSU now. So, you know, that's not a good look at all. Um, I had a bigger problem with, um, with the way Lincoln Riley left. Because, you know, they asked him about the LSU job multiple times. He's like, hey, I'm not going to be the, the next LSU coach. You know, I like it here at OU, and this is where I want to be. And, you know, he was recruiting and stuff. And and then all of a sudden, it's announced that Lincoln Riley's going to USC. My issue with this was that um, he took all of his assistants with him to USC. So now Oklahoma doesn't have any assistants they just and then they also they left in the middle of the night. I hate that when fucking coaches leave in the middle of the night. He didn't acknowledge his team at all. Like, dude, don't be a coward. Face is like a man and tell us that you're leaving. You know, Mario Cristobal did it. You know what? Say all you want about Brian Kelly. He did it too. And also, he didn't take any assistance with him. He left on his own. So he's there by himself. Lincoln Riley left in the middle of the night. He had known for weeks that he was leaving OU for USC. And so he took all, he took assistance, left the middle of the night, and then part of the deal was that USC was going to pay off, buy two houses for him in Norman, Oklahoma, which are like $500,000 above asking price. So they're like, hey, yeah, we'll buy your house so you move over here. And then they bought him a house in LA to move into. It's like, dude, we need you so bad, whatever you want, Lincoln, whatever you want. But then the other thing that bothers me was that he was on recruiting trips for two weeks already on OU's dime recruiting for USC. Now that shit is so unprofessional and I can't stand that because as soon as the news broke, all the top recruits that uh, Lincoln Riley had recruited to OU, parentheses, you know, in quotes, air quotes there, in actuality they were all for uh, USC because they were all LA guys and, you know, he was a good recruiter so he was bringing them to OU. But then as soon as the news broke, they all flipped. And then in the coming days, I forget what his last name is, but Malachi, whatever, uh, quarterback of modern day, class of 2023, number one quarterback prospect, flips to USC. Top running back, flips from OU to USC. Top receiver, OU to USC. 
all these guys that he had recruited to OU, but they were actually being recruited to USC on OU's dime. What a fucking asshole. The way he handled that, it was so classless, man. Just like the worst. You're like the worst human being if you do stuff like that. And then you leave in the middle of the night. Like, so you're also weak. You can't face your team and the and the the school who who put money behind you and believed in you. You can't you can't face them. Brian Kelly went on his own. He tried his best to acknowledge the team. He he did this at Cincinnati also. Whatever. It's part of the business. Mario Cristobal did it. You know, other guys are going to do it, you know, but that's part of the business. It's just the way that you guys, the way that you handle it is fine. Uh, Luke Fickle was apparently um, in the running for the LSU job, but, or, and USC, but he wanted to coach his team for the bowl game. And so they didn't want to wait until the end of the year. So they're like, hey, we're going to have to go somewhere else. And he's like, all right, that's fine. So he stayed at Cincinnati. Um, Yeah. I, and then Brian Kelly faking like a, a Southern accent, like whatever. Like I just I can't stand the way Lincoln Riley left, but some reason for some reason we're all stuck on the Brian Kelly thing. Like why is it because he left Notre Dame? I'd rather have the Notre Dame job honestly, but is it because he left Notre Dame for LSU and the SEC? Like why are we not as mad at at, um, at Lincoln Riley for leaving Oklahoma for USC? Is it because he left fucking Oklahoma, the 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 dying Big Twelve conference, and they're gonna eventually go to uh to the SEC, and he left for greener pastures i guess at usc like he's gonna rebuild a usc program he's gonna put pac-12 back on the map i'm excited as a pac-12 fan to have usc back and then i can't wait until they're undefeated and then they have to go to corvallis and then osu upsets them <laughs> and then osu um they be they beat them in the, with like a, a last second touchdown or something like that i can't wait for that day to happen um but yeah, you know, he was scared of the SEC. He didn't want to deal with the SEC boosters or anything like that, and didn't want to have to play Bama and or um, or LSU or, or Florida or anything like that. You know, he didn't want to. He didn't want that SEC noise. You know, so he wanted to go. You know, let me go to the Pac-12. I already have all these recruits who are like, hey, yeah, I'll, I'll go play for you uh, in LA, and then we can, you know, we can win the South easily, and then they, they're going to be in the college football playoff soon, sooner rather than later. I think uh, during. Lincoln Riley's tenure, I just, I really didn't like um, the way that that was handled. So, you know, there's a lot of openings. I think they uh, they had Bob Stoops come back, and he's going to coach the, um, the Sooners for the bowl game. And then Chip Kelly apparently is, <laughs> might go back to Oregon, which, you know, I don't know. That's that's not a good, uh, good move for him. Um, you know, he has been working at UCLA, so it's like, okay, yeah, let's come back to Oregon and make it not work here, but... But yeah, so we'll see how it goes. Um, but yeah, I'm going for for Michigan and Cincinnati in the, in the college football playoff, and I have Michigan winning it at all. Um, and yeah, thanks for for listening. Um, I'll try to uh, I'll be back on schedule. Try to do this, make this weekly thing or, or two times a week. Um, sorry for the long break. I'm just trying to pick up the pieces to my life and reorganize um, you know my priorities and you know and and see what my next steps are. Uh, but thanks for sticking with me. Appreciate it.